Dramatic analysis of The Babadook, recorded October 13, 2015, led by Chris Huntley. Good evening. Good to see you. We have a bunch of new faces. That's wonderful. Tonight we're going to be talking about The Babadook. And uh, let's start off by identifying the four through lines. The overall story is sort of the big picture. Can we give me an idea of what's going on in The Babadook? Make it short. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, thought was, I thought someone was going to say that. <laughs> We're all looking at each other for somebody else's thing. <laughs> did anybody see the movie? <laughs> I know that a couple of people did. Come on. Uh, I guess to sum up, it's uh, a woman and her son through um, the anniversary of uh, their father, or his father's death. And okay. They find, and they stumble upon a book, uh, sort of like the spirit to haunt them. Okay, so, uh, mother and child uh, haunted by boogeyman type Boogie thing? Man, yeah. yeah. Or just say, is that Babadook, which is, you know, looking like... Some entity. Well, we know it's the Babadook, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Whatever it might be. <laughs> so, okay, so... Uh, who do we think is the main character? Who's the character through whose eyes the audience experiences the story? The mother. Mother, and do they know our name? Uh, Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're good. Yeah. yeah I just, oh, I didn't know. Well, the very end, they, they sort of <laughs> reinforced that. Right. Yeah. She was a maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is a nurse. Uh, and the influence character? Samuel. Who son. is the, the son? son? Right. Who is the character? Samuel. Right. Samuel, the, the son. Or the boy. Yeah. Right. And their relationship. Isn't it very Yeah. Okay. Well, that was easy. Wow. <laughs> you find you find that horror stories tend to be sim- simple. Um, just by their very nature, they tend to be. They're not they're not always, but they very frequently are. Uh I'm going to start with something I think we can get right right off the bat. Outcome, success or failure, and judgment, good or bad, and why. Either one, and I need, need an explanation of why. So this would be, the yeah, story outcome is, there's a goal, is it achieved? If it is, it's success. If it's not, it's failure. And the judgment is, there is an inequity, hasn't been resolved, that's good if it's still, you know, lingering and, and d- upsetting, then it's bad. It's not that not that everything is punch key or peach king. There's lots of things that are in a story, but there's going to be something that's central. You usually see it in the main character, um, but it's it's a little more story wide. But but that's you can always look to the main character generally. Oh come on! I think it's a success. Okay, yeah, and success at what? Why is it a success story? Oh, because um, the mom and the son. No, go, no, go ahead. She, oh, we, okay. just, we have somebody on speaker. Oh, <laughs> um, because the mother and son, they were able to control the Babadook. Okay. And so they were able to conquer it. Or survive it, or whatever, yeah. manage it. It's, it was going to wish, make them wish they were dead. Right. At the end, they don't really wish they were dead, so. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, everybody okay with that? Good. All right. How about judgment, good or bad, and why? 
could. Okay. Um, for the same, I guess, uh, they, they survived it. They seemed happy together, even though we don't know if social services were disband the family or not. They, well, but that would... They, that would the lasting yeah. moment was them smiling and happy and, with each other. And particularly Claire. Yeah. Yeah, it starts on Claire. You mean Amelia? Amelia. I mean, Amelia. Amelia. Claire's, Claire's her sister. sister. Yeah, Claire's yeah. sister. Amelia. It starts on Amelia's face. She's not in a good place at that moment in the yeah. first scene. And the the very end, big happy smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that usually indicates that she's, you know, things are, are pretty good. All right. So I just did those because those are low-hanging fruit. <laughs> 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 Doesn't mean the other ones are hard. I just wanted to sort of go with the ones that... You always want to start with, when you're doing any kind of analysis, start with what you know best first. Because it allows you to start to put pins on the map and then everything else will start to conform to that. Um, but always always start with what you know best first. I, when I do these things, I tend to follow a certain order. And most of you have seen the podcasts. You see, I pretty much generally follow sort of top-down, you know, start over there, top-down, do the domains, but not always, because sometimes other things are just really obvious or some things are not really clear. So it's a really good tactic, especially when you're doing it on your own work. If you're doing an analysis of something you've done, take what you see, what you see in the analysis, and see what's there, and answer those things first that you know that you're most sure of. If you're creating something... Answer the ones that you want to be there. <laughs> you know, since you since you're making it up, you can pick anything. So pick up pick the ones that you want to make sure that are in the story, and then everything else will make sure that if they support it. <coughs> All right. So main character resolve is Amelia change or step? Is she a change character or a steadfast character? And how do we know? Change. Okay. And how do we know? Oh, I guess I'll complete it. Sure. Yeah, and she starts off like depressed and like haunted by her own emotions, and then in the end, she's happier. And I'm just going to tease a little more out of that, just because mm-hmm. I think there's some really good illustrations that are there. Um, how do we know? Other than the, other than the fact that she's seems to be okay, there's a how do how else do we know that she's more or less different? Well, yeah. I think um, one of the big things is the fact that um, he's never had a birthday before. And this time she is allowing him to keep the little banner up of happy birthday. Instead of yell about it or tell like her neighbor to stop talking about it, she was able to articulate the workers. Well, yeah, this is when his father died and he was having his birthday. Excellent. Yeah. So that's, I mean, they were made really explicitly clear. The basement. Huh? The basement, too. Yeah, the basement as well. The basement is partially objective story, the big picture, and partially her. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's her, but I think primarily, you know, the the having dealt with her past, um, you know, her the, the tragedy and and everything that dealt with the the uh, her son's birthday, the, the date of the anniversary of her husband's death has been verboten and now she's you know it's still traumatic but it's but it's you know it's out there it's not something that's internalized any longer yeah also i, I think just a, another illustration is she's a lot more tolerant or she actually 
embraces his magic acts and and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know his his little games and things that he does instead of trying to shut him down all the time. Right. Yeah. So. That, that's yeah. Okay. Um, main character approach: doer or beer. A doer is someone who prefers to solve problems externally by changing their environment. A beer is someone who prefers to do work internally by changing essentially themselves to adapt to the uh, the problem. And it's a preference. It's not something that, that the story necessarily requires, but if they had their choice, they would prefer to do it one way or another. How do we see with Claire? How does she deal with personal problems? Okay, but is that an expression of dealing with it externally or dealing with it internally? More internally. Okay. So she would be a beer in that instance. Can you think of other instances? I mean, or specific instances of that? Yeah. Uh, think of it most when when they're ideally when they're when they're Amelia moments. Yeah. You know, not necessarily something dealing with the Babadook itself, but when Amelia is dealing with her own baggage. When she's working at the, to deal with, you know, like when she was playing the bingo, she doesn't deal with how her environment is like, adapts to it and changes. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. Or the milk thing, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, she definitely does seem to be, well, I mean, I think that's what the whole movie is about, <laughs> yeah. frankly. You know, her internalizing problems. Yeah. You know, when she gets depressed, she goes and watches her TV. Takes care of her. Right. <laughs> that's oh, <the> other okay. <laughs> well, and she also she goes out and just sits on a park bench and just sort of, in, you know, enjoys peace, too. I mean, that when she gets out and has sort of a, a day off, you know, hooky, you know, plays hooky, she doesn't immediately rush home and take care of, of Samuel. She's like, oh, hey, I've got some me time mm-hmm. before I have to go pick him up at, at, my, at, her, at her sister's. Okay, so that sounds, I think that sounds really By contrast, I think Samuel's very clearly a doer. Okay. He's just, well, <laughs> yes. He's so such a doer, and he's, you know. I mean, a perfect uh, example, she, look at the two, re, two, two different reactions to the Babadook. Mm-hmm. He's. I'm going to build contraptions, and I'm going to do have yeah. all these things, and I'm going to kill him, and I'm going to chop his head off, and I'm going to do all this stuff. Meanwhile, she just internalizes it, and literally internalizes the Babadook. Mm-hmm. You know, so she that's that's why she's sort of open to it because she naturally brings things inside as opposed to outside. Um, so it's a it's a you know whether it's it's clearly not metaphorical because there are. Things that apparently are more objective reality, things that we're we're seeing that other characters are seeing, um, that make the Babadook not just a figment of her. It's, she's not. This isn't just a, a woman, a mother going crazy story, mm-hmm. which you know it could have been, but they wanted to be. It's a little more literal and a little more of a horror movie than that. Um, okay. Problem-solving style, linear or holistic. Uh, this is also known as the ma- main character mental sex, male or female. Basically, a linear problem solver looks to um, sees a goal and finds the steps to get to that goal. Looks for cause and effect. A holistic problem solver 
looks to balance and, and or imbalance to try to find ways to rebalance things or find, look at relationships and see where the connections are uh, as a as a technique to trying to understand problems. Um, I mean, problems really don't exist in the holistic world, but they're not really seen as problems, but they're um, imbalances. So, where do we where do we put um, Amelia? Is she a, a linear or a holistic thinker, and why? Do you have an instance? Uh, like when she thought like some of the problems that she hadn't been sleeping because. Her son was keeping her, her recourse to deal with that was to ask doctor to give her some pills. Like, here's a step, you take these pills and then I can sleep and, and then... And when she finds, when she believes that someone is stalking her, what does she do? She goes to the cops and then files a report. Right, not really realizing how that might look. She mm -hmm. sort of figures that out after she gets those strange looks at that, oh, this might make me look like a crazy person because there's no evidence and there's, but she's like, okay, if I do this, this is, this yeah. will happen, right. Is that, are we okay with that? Anybody feel differently? Okay. Counter argument. Okay, <laughs> good, great. All right, and the story driver, do actions drive decisions or decisions drive actions and why? I think actions, um, actions happen. I mean, it starts with the uh, uh, beginning of the story is the, is the accident. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the turning points are, you know, the book showing up. Um, right, or, it just no, shows up. It just shows up. Right, that's a really important aspect of it. Yes. And, and it seems like the resolution, yeah, and, and I'm trying to think of other, like. And then it shows up again. Again, right. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then the, the 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 creepy crawly thing, you know, comes in and and uh, I guess kind of invades, you know. Right. But it seems her. to be going inside her mouth. It seems to be invading her body. Um, but the uh, the resolution is, um, uh, I, I guess I guess it kind of gets trapped in the basement, or it's it's caught in the basement and that's where it stays, and uh, and, and and at that point, that's when it, everything seems to be resolved. Right now. Okay, is everybody okay with the actions driving decisions? Mm -hmm. All right, so ramification. One of the things that we're, as we're doing this, when you start making these binary choices, several things happen. First of all, when you pick one, you're not losing the other. So if you see, if you, all it's like a Rubik's cube. When you, it's like, do I turn it left or right? Not, do I take this and throw that out? So every story is going to have all of it. It's just the meaning comes from how you align things. The second thing is, is that. Even though we've got binary decisions, when you combine them with other aspects, especially the dynamics, they start to have harmonics. So when you have an act, when you have a a doer in an action story or a beer in a decision story, the way that the main character prefers to solve problems and the way that thing drives the story forward are aligned, and that character feels very comfortable. When you have a doer in a decision story or a beer in an action story they feel very disabled or out of water because the way they prefer to solve problems is ineffectual in the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And that's another way when creating your story, as a consideration, you want to have that character feel more discombobulated or, you know, 
be right right in there you know feel really comfortable so it's a way to um, create that disorientation for your main character or that reluctance inherently in the structure of the story and just apart from whatever you know way you want to dress it up um, so, so when you start answering these things they do there are other uh, dynamics that resonate with it just like a success good story is a happy ending a failure bad story is a tragedy and then the the success bad and failure good are bittersweet endings so you get those those resonances and most audiences pick up on not the individual pieces but the resonance of them you know so they'll get a happy ending or they'll get a sense of a tragedy or they'll get a sense of a, a you know a bittersweet ending but they very often just don't parse it down beyond that you know because it's not necessary they understand what that is um, story limit time lock or option lock does, does the story run out of time meaning is there is a deadline uh, there is sort of an implied deadline with the birthday uh, which could have been emphasized but wasn't really because that is a specific date although we didn't know what day it was or it could be a certain amount of time like it could have been one week until his birthday and then the days are counted down essentially or it's an option like there's a certain number of options that that can be met or a certain um, amount of territory that needs to be covered is another way of looking at Shemak. Uh, and, an and by a certain number of options, you know, the easy one is you've got three wishes, you know, by the time you use the third wish, you know, it's time to pay or play, you know, you've got, the crisis will occur. So this brings about the crisis, it doesn't bring about the end of the story. It's what will bring it to a, a crisis point. So how many days actually transpired? Did we have, like, was there a sense of that during the whole story? No, no. Not really. So that's, I mean, it's like the end of Star Wars. There's the little countdown at the end. You're going to have time locks in an option lock driven story. You're going to have option locks in a, in a time lock driven story. So you're going to have them both. It's like the, you know, the movie 16 Blocks, well, they actually have a deadline. It's really a time lock because everything has to be happened by 11 a.m. in the morning but they have this certain amount of distance supposedly they have to cover, but the fact that they go all over the place, go way more than those 16 blocks, really is an indicator that that wasn't the limit, and it really was a time lock. But you can, you can put those in to make it feel even more tense. And you tend, they will tend to, if you have a time lock, you will tend to see, feel like you're running out of options because you've got more options than you can possibly explore in that amount of time, so you're kind of like having to go through them faster and faster. And if you have an option lock, you feel like you're running out of time because you have as much time as you want, but when you lose an option, suddenly that whole anything that went with it, that amount of time that you could have spent on it is gone. So it feels like you're running out of time. It's this really weird dynamic that happens. Um, so in this story... I felt like more like we're running out of options time crunch. Okay, so what would those options be? What kinds of, what, what is, what's driving this? What is the, the what's going to, what is the goal, essentially? To get is, rid of the babadook. Okay, so how many ways are they that they can actually deal with it? And now the book actually gives you pretty much exactly all oh. of the clues is what's, what's going to, the steps. Okay. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, the first chapter. Remember, and you know, the more that you disbelieve yeah. me, the more powerful I get, yeah. and all those things, which is one of the reasons, I mean, so they, the solution to the problem is built into that. So when she fully believes in him, she's able to disempower him, mm-hmm. or it, or whatever, mm-hmm. the Babadook. But as long as she didn't believe it, it was gaining greater and greater power. So that's, so it was, I mean, the way they set up that book was very clever because it gave you really the steps that were gonna, going yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. And the reason we know it's a success story, because the end of the second version of the book had her killing her son and herself. And that didn't happen. And that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's how we know. But that was a necessary step. That was no. the, that was like the step right before. Okay, you know. She started choking her son, but she disappeared. Right, exactly, and that's when she transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was that was as far as she could go without actually going full on tragedy at that point. Question: uh, So mm-hmm. it's not a time lock just because? I mean, for me, I thought it was a time lock because um, there was this big uh, deal with like having her son's birthday not actually celebrate on his birthday. Right, but that's a condition. That's not a that's not a date. I mean, okay. a time lock is literally a date or okay. a time. You know, it will be noon on Wednesday. Right. You know, you can't move, have it on, you know, 5 o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> it's noon or it's on the 31st or whatever it is. That mm-hmm. is a time lock. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly... And I'm, you've probably heard this me say this a million times on the podcast, but I'll say it once again because it's seems to be appropriate right now. Um, when you're considering who your audiences are, there are every audience every every audience has a blind spot. Every type of audience has a particular kind of blind spot. And then specifically, if you think of your male audience and female audience, this is a generalization, by the way. So. Um, specifics will change on an individual by individual basis. But for men, typically, if you have a holistic main character, they, they don't get that. They can't, they don't, they can, they, can under, they can sense it, they can sort of logic it, but they can't feel it. It doesn't, they, there, there's no empathy for that. So they can stand by your main character, but they really can't. It's very difficult for them to stand in in that main character's shoes and really feel what the main character is going through. And my best example of that is Twilight. (laughs) Because most men just hate it. And if you really don't like the movie, read the book. It's really painful. Um, Women don't have that. Either one is fine. That's not where they're with the blind spot. The blind spot happens to be is uh, the uh, time lock. And meaning it's very difficult for women to empathize with what exactly a time lock means because for women, time can be sort of squishy, you know, and men can't understand that. <laughs> it's very regimented for men. It's all, it's all, <coughs> you know, it has to be being broken up and very consistent. We can conceive of what squishy time might be but it's definitely not the way we see the world. So you, the idea of a time lock from a female mental sex point of view makes no sense because how could it be locked when it's squishy? 
it's you know very <laughs> so this is the one where the, where the female audience tends to not empathize with and uh, whereas you know this one the holistic is thought of as a chick flick the time lock is thought of as a dick flick you know it's the ones like go guys go on go guys you go see the movie I'm not really interested in seeing that one you know, the one with the ticking bomb or the what not okay um, option lock not a problem so uh, you know, again, all of these things have to do with trying to communicate to your audience, and sometimes you want to really involve everybody in your audience. Well, then a option lock, uh, male mental sex, or, or linear thinking main character story will has the greatest potential to involve everybody at an empathetic level. The flip side of that is a a holistic time lock movie. Where, which is ones where you might want to be, not want your character, your audience to actually empathize. So you'll find probably, you know, in our culture, you don't find a lot of them. I guess our culture has a sort of a real stay away from it, probably because it's not very commercial. Um, but they're good for stories where you're trying to, you know, say beware. You know, here's this tragic character going down this path. Don't. Now, we're not going to make you stand in their shoes, but we're going to let you walk by them and see understand what happens. But, you know, this is the way, that, this is the way those kinds of stories end up. It's tragic. Um, so we've got uh, all of our choices here, except I left growth, uh, because if you select growth, and as well as some of these others, then it'll automatically limit where you can place the, the domains on the chart, and I don't like doing that, because I want... That's usually... Again, I think a lot more um, gives you more opportunities to explore it if it's not already saying up. Oh, no, nope, it's going to be this, this or that. Um, so, any other questions about the dynamics before we just move on to? Okay, here we go. So now we want to do is look at the domains, and the idea is to take one of these four through lines, each of the four through lines, and assign one to each domain. Now there are. Basically, one there's one set of rules. The main character and influence character are what we call a dynamic pair, and the overall story and the relationship are a dynamic pair. Meaning, those two pairs always have to be a diagonal relationship to one another. So if you place one, you always know where the other one is. So whenever you pick one, you've already really picked two. Uh, so in order to set your domains, the maximum number of choices you can make is two, <laughs> because you automatically know where the other ones are, right? Uh, so anybody have any ideas about where any of these four through lines might appear on the, the domain chart? Samuel inactivity is Okay. Well, because? Because his source of his problems is always he's doing stuff. It's getting him in trouble. Okay. He's fighting, he's pushing people. He's Which would put our main character in sort of the psychology domain. Okay. She definitely is having psychological issues. <laughs> um, okay, so where would you put uh, the overall story? I'd, put a, I'd say fixed attitude only because not everyone is dealing with the situation of the bedroom. I would say the right Well, remember, now the thing is, is that. If it's if the overall story is going to involve everybody. So what are the events? What are the things that happen? What are the areas of conflict that exist 
in the story for everyone. Everyone has opinions about parenting or dealing with grief. And I think that those are the issues. I think those are what's causing the problem. Can you give some examples? Um, yeah, Claire's just like, hey. Yeah. Well, don't use Claire. Well, no, no. Claire's, Claire's the, the sister. sister. Oh, Claire. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, use Claire. Yeah. Sorry. Use Claire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tells her sister, hey, you know, it's been seven years, get over it. Um, the school teachers are, you know, saying this is how you should be a parent. Um, I, um, the nice little old lady next door uh, thinks, you know, you need to be open about what happened and it's everything's okay. You can talk about your problems. She can talk about her Parkinson's or right. deceased father. That's, that's, oh, that's a good, good example. Okay. And what about the Babadook? Since that is ostensibly one of the objective characters, one of the overall story characters. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like, die, basically. Well, he's he pretty much, uh, think of the book as his voice. What does the book say about Let him? Let me in. Let me in. Let, Let your grief overwhelm you. I mean, Let it kill you. Well, the more you don't believe me, or you don't acknowledge it, right? Right. So basically, the more you cop an attitude, the bigger badass I'm going to become. The more you believe, the more you believe it cannot. I do not exist. The stronger you make me. The more you suppress your. So the. So the stronger your fixed attitude is, essentially, the stronger he gets. Basically. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's because I've been having a lot of trouble understanding fixed attitude. Think of it as either prejudice or or preconception, um, fixation. Uh, I mean, fixed attitude is... I mean, if you think of a conflict or a fixed attitude, it's just think of a clash of attitudes. You know, if someone's got an, I- an ideology, that's another type of bad, fixed attitude. Um, it's really a fixed state of mind. It's what you think is... And the fact that you're not... It's frozen. And the fact that it's immovable is what's causing conflict. Yeah. Stubborn. Stubborn. Yeah, that's a that, that would be a form of, of you know, pig-headed. All all of those are sort of variations on fixed attitude. Bigot. Bigotry. Right. Right. But how do you how how would you discern the difference? For example, um, Samuel has a fixed attitude with regards to he's sure that there's a monster, like he's a hundred percent sure. There's no question about it. What defi- what makes his domain actually activity instead of fixed attitude? Because his attitude, his attitude doesn't cause him a problem except in the big picture, with his cousin, with his aunt, with the school, with his mom. So it does cause a problem for him in that context. Mm-hmm. However, with him doing things, that's what affects her. That's what may drives her nuts, you know, effectively. That's what makes her go, you know, um, it, it's, it's what influences her and pushes her toward changing. Because remember, really, what it, the story isn't about Samuel, it's, a, it's about Amelia, and the influence character, we've, we've had three different names for the influence character since the beginning. Yeah. It was originally the obstacle character, <laughs> Which is, if yes. you looked at the whole process, what? No, go ahead, sorry. If you look at the whole process completely objectively, as an author, 
you're not even you're not trying to involve yourself in it and being in the story at all but just like dealing with it objectively the influence character is the obstacle to the main character's avoidance of the problem they try to avoid it well oh nope can't go there because here's this guy or this person or this other perspective that's forcing me to deal with it so that's how that's why i originally called it an obstacle character then but it's a that's a really dispassionate way of looking at it. Like the, many of the other the original terms are that really dispassionate, analytical way of looking at it. And a lot of writers had a hard time connecting with it, understandably. Then we switch to impact character. Now an impact character, that's someone who's more proactive. Someone who's tr like Obi-Wan is trying to have this, you know, change. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see the world differently. Things are not the way you're looking at. You know, you're looking at this all wrong. You, you know, um, but not all stories are about that kind of direct confrontation. So we then change it to influence character because influence can be proactive or it can be, you know, just um, there. You know, it doesn't have to have a, a an intent behind it. Impact generally. It assumes a little more intent, um, or at least an agency, if not intent. And whereas influence doesn't, influence is just is sort of there. For my taste, it's, it can be a little mamby pamby influence, because if you really want it to impact or you really want it to be an obstacle, influence doesn't hold that. But the idea is is that it's the concept of this alternative perspective that. If one context is totally different than the main character, and in the other, it's the same. It's very much the same. And that's what makes them have that affinity with, and also um, conflict with the, the main character. Mm -hmm. My new way, of, my, my most recent way of describing that relationship is, you always think of, okay, I've got a problem, there's a fork in the road, do I take the left fork or the right fork? Whichever fork you, the main character has taken, the influence character took is the other one. This is what would happen if you take the other fork. And so if you've already taken that fork and it's, you're now in trouble, the other one's going, you know, you really should have gone take the right, it's still time you can take that right fork, not the left one. You know, that's, that's the difference between the two. All right. So right now we have it so that it is, uh, we have... The main uh, the influence character in activity, and activity, main character in psychology or manipulation. It's interesting that you never see Samuel. I, I don't remember seeing Samuel perform magic tricks, tricks in front of anybody else other than this mother. That is true. Right, um, and and something about that was kind of impactful. Um, um, but yeah, he only did magic in front yeah, of her. Yeah, he had like a mime or something that was doing some tricks. For the other kid, kids. right. He and his recourse <laughs> wasn't to watch and awe, was to go hide. Uh -huh. Up in the treehouse. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and their relationship as situation is, is, I think that one seems to be fairly clear, what, but I'm not going to say it. So what, what you guys <laughs> say, what, what is it about their fixed situation, external station, that uh, in their relationship that defines their relationship that is troublesome. Come on. Anybody? Huh? 
Well, I, I mean, it's, it's the fact that they are mother and son, and no, that's not a problem. Well, but but he. Hmm? No, not being, the Babadook. They're being terrorized. No, I no. think, I think the that fact that, especially like the reminder of every time she looks at him, she also sees the loss of her husband. And it's then his the birthday. It's the fact that they were. He was born on the day, day her husband his, died, yeah. while yeah. taking him to be to the hospital to be born. Yeah. That's the situation, situation that cannot be changed. And as long as it's reminding, the past is inexorably tied to that. Mm-hmm. She can't see anything else except the death of her husband when she sees her when she sees her son, especially around that date. Yeah. That's the situation. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. those those two events happened simultaneously. Well, she tells him, you know, it should have been you that died. Like, right. That would have resolved the relationship if the kid right. was dead. Yeah, <laughs> and her husband <laughs> survived. Right. right. But that's a, that that is the nature of what a situation is. It's an external state or status that is unchanged in the and and changing in the fact that it's unchanging because we're looking at everything in terms of trouble. That's where the that's where the conflict is bubbling up from in that context. So, in reality, what a what a story is is a entire exploration of a single imbalance. So something is out of balance. Well, how do we know where it is? Well, where can we look for it? We can look for it externally or internally. We can look for a state or process. And we can use different perspectives of way of looking at the world. We can see it, you know, I. It's a, what does it look like when I'm in context of me or you or us or them? That objective. So those, the combinations of all of those things, basically, is what creates those domains and the through lines. That's why there are exactly four, and that's why you know all, all of these things. This is, the, this is just the way we think, and so a story explores all of those and gives us a sense that there's a truth in there because we're, we're really making a very complicated box to draw around it and say, well, inside this box, everything works. But it's complete fabrication. But we don't care. You know, it's, it's when, we are, when, we buy, when we buy into a story, we know it's fabricated, but then we just can experience it. All right, great. I think that's actually a really good combination. So now, I'm going to pop over to this chart over here. And if you haven't done so already online, this chart and the three-dimensional version of it um, are available to download, and you can just bring them over to Kinko's, and they can print it at whatever size you want. Um, if you need them this big, unless you happen to have a wall to draw on. You guys are good. Yeah. But the, I think the size that we have it in there is uh, 11 by 17, so yeah. two bucks. I can go pretty much. Um, so, what we do now is we go to the concerns, which is the next smaller size. So, if we said in the overall story, okay, it's dealing with fixed attitude. Now, what part of fixed attitude, you know, if break it down even further? Is it in the memory, the impulsive responses, contemplations, or innermost desire? Or looking at, at Amelia, is it in, you know, Developing a plan or conceptualizing something, or is it playing a role, or is it conceiving an idea, or is it changing one's nature? So each one of these 
will have a subset, and we call it concern. So the, the domain is the broadest area of conflict, and you can narrow it down, which is closer to what one would consider a goal. Um, a goal is, is sort of like a crystallized version of a concern. Uh, so the main character will have a concern, and whichever one you pick, it's going to be the same, in this case, it's they're color-coded, it's going to be the same color in all four domains. So you only have, in this case, you only have to pick one. So you've got the developing a plan, past, understanding, memories, quadrant, that's the upper left quadrant, the upper right, how things are changing, doing, impulsive responses, blank roll, the lower right, the present, gathering information, that's the learning, contemplations, and conceiving idea, and then you've got future obtaining and changing one's nature. So anybody have a suggestion for any of those that might be the the concerns? Well, within the situation, it would be the past. Okay. Or, um, yes. All right, well, what would be um, the example for the, in their relationship, we maybe talked just about some of that right now. Right. Is that consistent all the way through the story? That's the other thing, because this level is also where you see essentially <laughs> act order. So you won't see all of them at one time or another <laughs> in the story. And the difference between the, the signposts or the type order and the concern is the concern will be in every single act. It'll be, it'll be consistent all the way through, whereas each one will be dominant within one act of the story. So if it was past, then we would see understanding, and this is a good time to mention, each of these can be seen as positive, negative, too much, too little. So past, and understanding is also misunderstanding. Um, memory is also forgetting, and developing a plan, or you know, lacking, but lacking a plan is another way of, of looking at it. Um, so, do you see any of the other examples? How, so, for instance, in, in uh, the overall story, that would mean that people are dealing with memories. How, how, are we, how do we see that? This is the well, one where everybody in the story is... I mean, it's exactly what John was describing earlier when, when you fixed attitude, is the, the issue uh, amongst her relatives and her neighbors is um, um, the memory of what happened on, on the kid's birthday. Right. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, there's sort of a Frozen song in there, right? Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of what they're all trying to tell her. Um, and it, which gets to the question about what is the Babadook? What is it? There's some real big hints in there. Especially by where it ends up. <laughs> <laughs> and dad. kind of where it starts. The dad. It's a, of the, the, the denial. Of, mm. the right. Remember the first place we, we know that there's something going on is when. It involves the dog. Oh, he starts to scratch at the basement door. Right. And the door is locked. Right. That's basically where dad is. That's where all dad's stuff is. It's all that suppressed whatever blackness down in the basement that is collecting for the last seven years what does it say and has manifested it itself in 
the form of this creature who not surprisingly shows up looking like dad remember on, on more than one occasion it manifests looking like her husband on the day he died you know <laughs> so I mean I think it's supposed to be all those mem all those suppressed memories all the all of that darkness I mean literally that black that she spits up the black that comes up as a rose mm -hmm. in the very last scene where she's pruning and she's you know when they're collecting the, the worms and stuff mm -hmm. there's this big black rose right in the foreground and it's not because it's shadows it's actually black oh. um, I think that that's what it and it doesn't it hasn't gone away all it's done is they've learned to manage it you know so so it's, this is what you had said it wasn't that they conquered that they got you know it wasn't they got rid of it they were able to conquer it they tame it to deal with it and sort of like the story you were talking about with mm -hmm. in, in your short story, same kind of thing. Um, and it's interestingly, this was, I believe, directed and written by women. And it's a very holistic way of solving a problem. A guy would kill it, <laughs> but that's not who the that's not who the authors are. What they did is they learned how to deal with it, to manage it, to balance it. Yeah, just literally beat it. it. You know, right. That's an interesting metaphor. Right. So you've got, I mean, it's all set up really well, and if you think about what it is, then if, if it falls into memory, it's perfect. You've got to deal with those memories that are all bottled up in the basement. Mm -hmm. Right. And the son was doing that. He was going down there, going through this stuff, and so he's, this is why it's not his problem it's right. he, he's the one who says you know oh yeah my father died the day I was born oh he just speaks his mind you he know just like his father right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again another reason why he's an influence character because he's constantly reminding her of her husband mm -hmm. uh, so I mean I think that there, there's those are two good arguments for making in fact having it in that quadrant now we have Understanding, you see him, and and in terms of where where Keith Samuel is, he's constantly being misunderstood. He's not. He, he is talking literally, not figuratively. And his mom is misunderstanding him. You know, she's not. She does not think that he's talking literally. That there is literally a monster loose. <coughs> you know, and that these these things that he has concocted to fight it, which actually work, because remember he uses it on her when she's in her monster mode. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they're effective. They're non-lethal, mm -hmm. but they're good at stopping her from, uh, you know, getting it. And then, then, you know, and she's trying to figure out how to make things work. She's been, you know, she's working and she's got this child who's, you know, difficult and she has no love life. I mean, that's the one thing. She's, she's you know, a woman, an adult woman who's not had any kind of personal life or relationship for seven years and everything is bottled up and it's not, it's pretty dysfunctional. 
Yeah. So I think that that I mean I think that's an uh, it's a pretty strong quadrant, uh, especially if you look at because they're consistent act to act to act, and that's the important part. That's how you know it's a concern and not just one of the sign points. All right. Also for her, I, the the four thematic things underneath, uh, just the, the state of being, sense of self, situation, circumstances. Oh, yeah, that, that speaks even more, I think, than the yeah, that, plan, the, yeah. I, I think you, I think that we that does describe her. That's the basic. That's where Hamlet is too. She has no plan to deal with. Her. Well, right, and she, well, she, she, she's well, unable to develop plan. a plan. Yeah, she's unable. Yeah, she's basically incapable of developing a plan. It's. And whatever plans that she had are dissolving for her. They are, you know, they're devolving. Um, you know, and you can easily see this sort of state of being sense of self-conflict for her. You know, the, you know, who am I versus what do I, what, who am I really, or, or who am I now, uh, versus, you know, what do I think of myself? You know, who, you know, I shouldn't be like this. I can't, I shouldn't be thinking of these things of my, you see that, that dichotomy, that argument between essentially where she is as the Babadook and where she is as mom, and that you know, <coughs> what she's saying on the one hand and what she's you know thinking afterward, going, oh my God, you know, I, I shouldn't say those things. I'm not that kind of person. Mm -hmm. You know, um, where she really is also feeling those terrible things that she's saying. You know, in one in some part of her, it's actually truth coming out. Um, so let's bring up the software at this point, and uh, I'm going to use the uh, screen instead of the projector. Uh, I believe, although I think I need to get my adapter. You need to plug that in for me. I've got to run in. Wow. Thank you, Stephen, for wrapping this all up. And a nice little directions too. Hmm. <coughs> uh, Sandy, can I ask you just to, to plug this in? I'm going to get the, um, the adapter. Alright, thanks. Anyez, are you still there? Are you there, but on mute? Right. Can you guys hear me on the um, on the computer or no? I just heard you on the speakerphone. Are you getting anybody, okay. uh, Jim, on the computer? Watching. Do you have anybody interactive on the computer? Mm -hmm. Okay. I have. I have the. Yeah, I have the thing. Well, I'm watching it, but I don't know that I'm. No, it seems like I'm in dramatic um, But um, you're either in watch-only mode or in or in interactive mode. Oh, oh. 
Wow, talk about a delay. I, well, yeah, yeah because she's hearing, she's hearing. Oh, here we go. There's the delay in going to the <laughs> online broadcast, and then That's it's coming back. That's the longest back. delay I've heard. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's on here. Going around the world several times. <laughs> oh, great. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like a minute later. It is. Um, oh, it's upside down. Okay, yeah. And yes, if you do want to interact, I, you will have to do it on speakerphone. I don't think you'll be able to interact on the computer. Okay. <laughs> Where was that? That was just him again. It's a really long delay of of our voices oh, just going him through. again. Oh, got it. And, yeah. yeah, and playing on her computer and then coming through the speakerphone. Oh. All right, I'll just move this into my lap. All right. So, bring up. All right. So I'll just answer the questions we've done. We said change, beer, linear, mock, success, good. Yeah, as I said, you know it's a not an American one because it's a success good story. Very few horror movies have happy endings over here. Mm. <laughs> Say all the movies now, their whole theme is there's nothing gonna die. Right. It's sort of like Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we had relationship we said was the past. So, so as you can see, we by just setting the past, we automatically have all four concerns are established for us. Um, so now what I'm going to do, apart from saving this. Uh, sure, I'm not sure. Can we? Yeah, great. Um, let's go to the theme browser. I'm going to bring up the font a bit. Oh, man. Uh, so let's go to first our main character we were talking about here. And so now we've got uh, this is all under developing a plan. Oh. Right, so that's that's where we should be. So we've got state of being, situation, circumstances, and sense of self. <coughs> uh, and then under each of those, we have four. Uh, we have a quad of four elements. So under state of being, we have knowledge, thought, inertia, and change. Under situation, actuality, perception, order, and chaos. Under circumstances, aware, self-aware, equity, inequity. And under sense of self, ability, desire, projection, and speculation. Do any of those, or can we rule any of them in or any of them out? Do any of them just sound like, you know, nothing, nothing rings? Or does or any of them have an element of, uh, um, hmm. I, I mean, I kind of like circumstances, but I'm not. I'm not like. Um, I, I don't want to select that just yet. I mean, right. aware, self-aware is kind of good um, for her personally. Um, but then again, I, uh, knowledge, thought, um, rejection. I this you know I kind of like rejection just because yeah, that, that might be under. Uh, um, under the overall, I mean that that could apply to the overall story, is that there is a projectioning going on. Um, Projecting, sure. 
<laughs> sure, make up words. <laughs> saying. Yeah, okay. Um, this is I've just switched, I've switched over to the uh, the overall story, and so now you see that we've got truth, falsehood, evidence, and suspicion. Under truth, we have knowledge, thought of actuality, perception. Under evidence, ability, desire, aware, self-aware. Under suspicion, order, change, order, chaos, inertia, change, and falsehood, we have equity, inequity, projection, and special and speculation. Hmm. Well, just look at th let's let's just think of the um, the issue level: truth, falsehood, evidence, suspicion. Do any of those what what seems to be what we see the sort of the water cooler conversations about what's going on with the Babadook or with, the, with that with Amelia's family, you know, the, the, the goings on at, at their house. You know, you would hear it from the co-worker and the, the um, her sister and the, the people from the state checking up on the kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, you Most certainly... Most of them think, I think, from the outside, think that the kid's the problem. It isn't until we go inside the house and really kind of just alone with the two of them that we see, really see that something deeper going on with the mother, actually. Well, I think it depends on which group. It looks like all the official people think like, it's her. Like the, like the, the police? Like the sister yeah. likes yeah. to hang out with the... Uh, in the beginning, especially with the sister. And when she was saying... Uh, the reason why I don't come over more often is because, child. because of your child. The school uh, is talking to the mother, and um, they're not saying, you know, we think you're the problem. They're saying, we think we need to get your kid a mentor or something's clearly wrong with them. <coughs> and wherever she goes, she, she's pretty much getting that. It's only afterwards when she we go deeper into the house that we start seeing more things, and that's when she specifically, when she gets caught, and then they're looking at her. Are you okay? And she's looking at like maybe they're looking at me like I'm not okay, and then she leaves. But that's only later. All the beginning established is with the kid. All, all the the bad behavior. Although you know her behavior is not so great either. I mean, she's no. definitely not. But it, it seems to be like everyone in the beginning is just kind of you know the speculation is at first we know something's wrong with the kid. We don't know. Uh, something's off there, but you don't discover until later that there's more going on with the mom. I mean, there is a lot of, you do see a lot of suspicion and evidence. Uh, you know, I, I suspect somebody's stalking me. Uh, well, what's the evidence? You know, or, or you know, we uh, uh, we suspect there's something wrong with a kid, and there's some clear evidence for that. He's carrying a, one of the, the thing, weapon well, on his back. Yeah, know. he had the backpack. He but, had the crossbow with the crossbow, dart. that's right, yeah. Um, but I'm uh, I'm wondering though if the if the if the thema if the thematic core of the story, in terms of you know its meaning you know its meaning uh, doesn't rest with the truth and falsehood, uh, because certainly you know the truth of I think that makes more sense. Um, <coughs> I just feel like that's more of yeah. what this is about at, at yeah. its at its center. You know, does is this 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 thing uh, exist or not? Yeah. Is it is it in the imagination or not? Um, and should it be dealt with as such as a real thing or not? And uh, and so that's where you know. But, oh, go ahead. Well, go, no, go ahead. I, I'm I'm just I'm talking out loud. You know, 
Um, I think it goes back to that. Is the Babadook real or not? Uh, is the problem with the boy or with something, you know, or with the mother or not? Or, what, you, you know, there's like three or four things, I think, where it constantly is asking you what is true and what is not true. Right. To the audience, mm-hmm. I think. And, and we're all constantly asking, yeah. we're asking the questions, is, is this really happening or is this a dream yeah. or is this a hallucination? You know, so I think it is playing with the question of truth and falsehood um, very heavily, yeah. making us guess, really. Um, well, what is the what is the poem in the what's the poem in the book? Other than the knock 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 part, it's you know let me in let me in. Uh, um, yeah. Whether through word or through sight or something like that. Or um, lo- look. Yeah. What? Um, that's how we. That's how we can. Yeah. Whether I can, I don't know how the poem went, but it basically starts off with whether a word or with a look. Once you do, you'll have the Bible duck, and there's nothing you can. Right. That's the so. main essence of the poem, hmm. and then what he do, and then what's underneath you don't want to see. You wish you were dead. So whatever, when you look underneath, is worse than death. And then right. in the end, she finally, she really does look, and he runs. Good. Go ahead. Well, uh, even though there, there's whether or not the Babadook is real or not, isn't that just between right, the mom just and the son? Go, it's not really between everybody. <coughs> because, the, I mean, that, that the moms don't know anything about that, the police don't know anything about that. Right. So What's problematic the, is, like, this kid's being abused somehow, or this kid's got some kind of issues. It's really evident that he needs, like... He needs help. He needs to be taken away. Keep and if you're talking about suppressed <coughs> emotions and stuff, then it seems like desire sounds. Hmm. Okay. This is this is where we have the influence character under that instinct, conditioning, senses, and interpretation. Um. Hmm. Where'd you go? Huh? Okay. I just went. I went to the uh, to the influence character domain. Um, yeah, and I feel like that one's really clear. Okay, go for it. Well, because he's all about perception, self-aware, and aware. Right. Yeah. And the only thing that will demotivate him is if people know actually what's going on. Yeah, I I agree with, actually, you're looking at this quadrant, the census quadrant. Yeah. Yeah, except the, the, the... uh, that term doesn't necessarily line on the impact character doesn't necessarily line up with the four underneath it on the table. So, but no, I know the question is: is it, if it's what's underneath it, then you go with what's underneath it? Because mm-hmm. it's like a double whammy. It's he's the only one that perceives the Babadook, and also everybody has this perception of him that he's just got a mental issue, that he's a troubled child, right? And that the way everybody else perceives him has a huge impact on on her personally. Okay. Uh, so that would be a problem of perception? For him. All right, which would make a, a aware and self-aware the symptom and response, which would put... Uh, Conditioning is the issue. Interesting. <coughs> Makes his critical flaw senses. You make ability or main character's critical flaw senses. The main character, um, right. Uh, what she... Well... 
you know, she can't trust, you know, no one, she can't trust what she sees. Right, and no she's one's constantly, really right, she's constantly seeing things that aren't there. Right. And no one else can really trust what she's uh, seeing. Um, so, pick up aware, self-aware, let's see. Well, let's just go to, let's look and see what, let's see. So, uh, put it under, um. All right, so. So by doing this, we've got the main character, an issue of sense of self, which I think is, I think is absolutely the right one. Puts the problem as a desire, which is what you were talking about. Because she's her problem is yeah, her. She's you're, you're longing for her husband, and she can't let him go. Right. And then she finally is able to. And there was and the speculation at being her symptom, but this response is projection. In other words, so if we. Speculate is what's the problem. That's if we speculate, that's when we try, we get into trouble. So we just have to see where we are and project out where is it likely to go, and that's that's how we're going to deal with it. So if he's imagining things, and this is going to be so, let's just put him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's the easiest way to. You know, if we put him to sleep, then the problem will go away. Or if I, you know, for then that's. That's the way she would be thinking. The overall story, memories, issue of evidence, which is, again, okay. that was the one. We there's, there's plenty, yeah, there's plenty of evidence for evidence, I think. Um, desire being the problem. Again, in this in this content context, desire as a negative are fears. You know, you, you get, you know, negative desire, you know, the fears, the hates, all the, all the things that, all those evil things that she was being, she's been thinking about have sort of created this this creature hmm. from all of that all of her I mean even think of her desires I mean her suppressed desires that that have been bottled up for seven years and you know those little looks that she keeps on seeing in other people and that's gonna. That's because you know that's where she, mm. that's what she's dealing with too. So over in her through line, desire being a problem. Oh. Um, I think that works nicely. And then I, I really do like the self-aware aware because essentially, a symptom of self-aware means that people are sort of when they're really aware of who they are and aren't really thinking about others, it creates trouble. So it's sort of like they're in their own space and they're not really. They're sort of ignoring others. It's kind of like a, a very focused version of self-interest, but it's not about it. It's not a, a selfishness. It's just a, I'm so absorbed with my world. And you can see her sister is exactly like that. Her, her, the cousin is exactly like that. You know, they're all in there, all in little worlds. Each one, whether it's the policeman or the, the social workers, or the, you know, they have their little spheres, and that's the only context they're looking at it. But this try to solve problem is trying to okay let's look out and how does it how does it how does it affect others? It's like you know you always talk about yourself but you never ask me how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What she says to her sister. Right. Yeah. Um, catalyst of suspicion. I think that's pretty good in the overall story. So in other words, the story gets moved forward when there's when a suspicion either a cast or there or someone's under suspicion. Um, and the inhibitor of prediction, and I think that's where you. I think that's what the book comes in. Mm-hmm. And the, the book says, "Here's what's going to happen," and so she knows she knows where it's going. So she's trying to keep.
keep things from keep those things from happening, and that kind of holds the the natural flow of it back. Interesting. You know, she didn't know what the book if the book hadn't told her what's going to happen next, then she might have just gone you know done those things. But she's knowing it, it slows things down. Okay. It's a warning. <clears throat> right. It's a warning. Exactly. Right. And the and the Babadook is the one who's basically. Not only telling, but showing. Remember the the pop-up graphic images of what's going to happen. You know, she's afraid of that. She's aware of it, and when she's in her right mind, it keeps her from trying to let things go far further. So it slows slows things down. Um, contemplation is the benchmark. Well, I think where she is. At the beginning of the story, as it goes on, she seems to get more and more inside her own head. Mm-hmm. And a lot, I mean, a lot of people are, and a lot, actually a lot more people are sort of t- thinking about her and focusing on them, the family, and what's going on. You know, because initially it's kind of like, well, you know, we're going to talk about this, but then, I, or maybe it's the opposite, maybe it's less and less, because they don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to hear about it. You see that sort of with the sister. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to think about it, kind of thing. That's and, the and, then, and then ultimately, in Amelia, when the neighbor says, you know, well, can you, do you want to talk about it? Now, you know, the, she shuts down. Um, influence character, so his understanding, or I said misunderstanding, uh, an issue of conditioning. Uh, you see that with his, the. Uh, um, He's always doing this thing that the, watching the DVDs and doing exactly the spiel. You know, he's sort of like, I've got this this spiel I have to do, and that, and it's a way that he can sort of manage his world, but it also drives his mother a little bit to distraction. Um, his problem is that he actually what, what drives him is he he can. <clears throat> I'd say that. It, his he has sort of a stronger perception, even if he can't see something, but he knows he has a sense of what's going on. Part of his imagination, but also ultimately the thing that um, allows him to still see his mom when the you know the, the Babadook is there, and um, sort of self-aware, self-aware. I'm not sure exactly how that applies to him. Applies to Samuel. A unique ability of interpretation. I'd say that that he was, he's a, he's able to look at the the signs and interpret what they mean. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's here. It's you know, I need I need to build these things to to fight it. You know, it's not just an abstract concept anymore. It's not like the earlier ones. This is like a real threat, and so I need to behave. Like that, and he looks at the dog, is able to interpret what the dog's um, the dog means. Um, and his critical flaw of the situation is basically he's he is the well, he's a child, um, and he's the source of reason for the Babadook in some ways. You know, mm. he's the one he who picked out the book. No, the book came. No, she did. The book just showed up. The book just showed up, and, and it was his time, turn to pick. He could pick any book he wanted, and he chose that one. 
And so they started reading together, and then she's like, oh, maybe this isn't the right choice. And he's right. like, no, no, you said I could have my pick. Right. And so they finished the book together the first time. Right. And then the relationship, we've got situation in the past, and we, we chose the past. Um, issue of prediction. And again, I think that's where the, this is where the book is, um, specifically in the relationship. Um, Hmm? I'm just trying to think that trying, trying to think of other examples besides the book. The biggest issue she's going to kill him. Huh? The biggest issue she's going to kill him. Uh, well, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Sure. sure. <laughs> that, that kind of ruins the relationship. <laughs> um, the catalyst is interdiction. What does that mean? It's essentially something that can can. Come in and intercede, or or break up. Break. You 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 are along a certain path. You know, things are going a certain way. Something can come in and, and uh, stop it. Um, hmm. Well, you know, Samuel keeps saying, you know what? I'm I'm not going to leave you. Uh, I don't want you to be hurt. There, there's there's a sense of interdiction in the things in his in his steadfastness toward her. Um, yeah. An effort to change a predetermined course, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Evidence as the inhibitor. What do we have for? Like the benchmark of the present because for the relationship because. Um, well, it all it, seems to take place. Like, well, and only that, but it's just like uh, uh, they relate. You know, it's about them able to 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 live the you know be together in the moment, uh, and just be able to exist. Um, and uh, that that's that becomes a very strong you know stipulation. Can they even exist together anymore? Let's look at the signposts. Look at the progression. <coughs> so we have the overall story, memories, into innermost desires to impulsive responses to contemplation. I think the the ending one is is essentially if you think of contemplation in the sense of you know. <coughs> Consciously considering what is going on, and I think that's where you have her sort of get a sense of her priorities and, and be able to fight off the Babadook by, you know, saying over my dead body effectively. Um, and you don't, I believe you, you're, you're completely in my conscious consideration now. I see you for what you are and go away, I'm gonna kill you, you know, and it's like it loses all of its power mm -hmm. you know as, as she becomes she becomes really fully conscious of what it is <coughs> um, memories of where it starts literally in the basement with all the all the memorabilia um, and then the sort of the the fears her fears being sort of worst fears being realized by as her son seemingly goes just nuts and crazy and starts do, you know hurting people and screaming and completely not dealing dealing with her and then they the and the creation and the introduction of the book and then the third act impulsive responses that's where she's quite you know she basically looks like a total burnout and is is being taken over 
by the Babadook and so on occasion is being run by this this thing, you know, sort of acting on those primal urges that she's got that she's I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, whoa, okay, back off. Hmm? Yes. Stop crawling on the ceiling. <laughs> yes, yeah, stop crawling on the ceiling. Well, that would actually, the tra- crawling on the ceiling, that's kind of the midpoint. You know, when, when she sort of takes it in. Um, in the relationship, the past, oh, that's nice. So you've got the past, of course, that's that's where sort of they're just stuck in this in the past. Um, and it ends up in the present, which is perfect, because it's his birthday, it's now, there's nothing about the past that has any more power, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're in the moment, it's a, it's, yeah, that's, that's a perfect place for that. Um, and then the how things are changing is basically, I think that's sort of the... the yeah, we're able to celebrate for the first time. At the end, yeah, yeah exactly. So the past and the how things are changing, so it goes from we're this... We have this really hit bad history, and our relationship is sort of defined by it, and then it goes into sort of disintegrating. You know, another way of looking at how things are changing is progress. And so you can have positive progress, and you can have negative progress, and theirs is definitely going down the tubes. Um, and. I think the the third one, which is about the future, I, to me, it seems like it's a lot more about the future is just crumbling. You know, there's you'd be lucky if there is even a future. He's gonna be taken uh, away. Pardon? He's gonna be taken. He's gonna be taken away. She wants. She's you know the Babadu. I mean, she's she wants. She doesn't know if she wants to have. Are we gonna have a future? Is a the the prediction of if she's gonna kill him is that related to the future? Uh, or it's it, like something that's that could potentially happen. Or well, I think if you if you think about the relationship, mother son relationship, yes, uh, partially, I yeah. think, but but also that she could be taken away from, yes, yeah, yeah. So there's the potential that she might lose him, and that's okay. in that third act. It's so the fourth one when we they come back, and it's so like oh, everything's peaches and creams, you know. Um, and then for her, we her. Uh, playing a role, okay, so she's the good mother, she's doing, she's the good nurse, you know, she's just the nice, playing everything by the book, but it's not showing anything of what's really going on underneath, just being, you know, the playing the, 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 uh, well, the good wife, although, you know, the husband's dead, but that. The good widow. The good widow, yeah. Um, and then she starts, you know, by so it really starts transforming by becoming a, you know, it just starts, well, she really starts, seems to be, lose, starts losing her mind at that point, it seems like, you know, it's when she starts getting, getting haggard and losing her temper, um, uh, really noticing, want, wanting the, the sexual <clears throat> release that she's, she just can't seem to get. Because uh, she's constantly being interrupted at inopportune moments, um, and then I think the conceiving of the idea is where that's when she starts to get 
it's the process of her getting the idea that this that she's losing it and that she may be possessed you know that there may really be this thing but that she's really really at wit's end <clears throat> again uh, the, the developing a plan is okay so what are you going to do about it and that that's where I think that's when she finally just sort of says okay enough's enough we got to make figure out how to make this work we shouldn't say that but that's essential um, almost too late you know she almost becomes that monster but not quite you know, she's able to figure out what's going on and and then come around the last possible moment <laughs> and I, I mean I think this you know I think that we could probably fill it out if we watch the if you watch the film again I did watch the end the last part tonight and there are a lot of things that I didn't pick up the first time you know a lot of little, little subtleties if you know what you're looking for um, that's why I didn't when I saw it last night I didn't have a as to what the Babadook was. And then when I watched the last scene tonight, it was like, I never had an inkling. It's like, oh no, okay, it's explicitly there. That's not even a, it's not a question. They, they set it up and paid it off. So it's like, okay. Um, so, questions? I've been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> now, what I just did in terms of explaining these things, I know what the what the the terms mean, so it's a lot easier for me to do that just sort of spontaneously. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the hardest things about Veronica is that it's got so much terminology, yeah. and it's very <laughs> it's very specific. Now the thing is, frankly, you don't have to be. You can be. You can get in the ballpark, and it'll be fine. In other words, don't be a slave to an exact definition, um, because usually in the, by the time you start telling it, it's going to lose a lot of that hard edge anyway. Uh, you really, in the finished work, you don't really want to have any of that visible anyway. You want it to sort of be the inspiration for what you write, but not really, you don't want to just... Otherwise, it sounds very formulaic and very literal, and you, you know that's boring. <laughs> when you go through the software and you're like illustrating, you know, making illustrations, it's sort of like use this word in a sentence, and that's fine when you're doing illustrations in, in the software. But when you're actually writing your script, you kind of want to blanket it, you know, um, you know, it needs to sound natural to your, you know, to your, to your story world, you know, and and to you know, the natural flow of what the characters are all about. But the meaning of that, you know, of like, you know, a catalyst of, of you know, uh, of instinct or something, um, you know, it, it can, it'll be there. It's just not, you know, you just don't want to actually literally use that word in a sentence in your actual dialogue, you know. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, is that Dramatica as a tool is only, you only use it where you need it. You know, if you're writing something and it's going along great, do not then just step into Dramatica because that'll that'll stop everything up really quickly. Um, 
if you're a if you're a an organic writer, if you're a structuralist, it could be a really <laughs> good thing because structuralists find you know a blank page as a wall as opposed to infinite possibilities. You know, an organic writer sees infinite possibilities and any kind of fences you put in there is like, eh, you know, I don't want fences, which is fine, you know, it doesn't matter, but at some point you have to figure out what you got, and that's when dramatic is really useful. Um, when you're at the point where you're starting to get feedback, it's all, the other, and this is another place that's really helpful, is that you can use it as a way to understand what people are telling you. And you can use it as a way to, to draw from them a differentials because you, you can, you know, like, for instance, just the fact that there are there four through lines. So when somebody says something about your character, it's like, well, okay, so is that, do you have a difficulty in the context of what this person is dealing with, you know, personally, or this character is dealing with personally? Is it that, that? Oh, no, 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 it's their, you know, they've, they've got this job and the da da da. Oh, okay, so this is all over in the overall story, and I, we can deal with it. Knowing where the problem is is a huge benefit, and Dramatica gives you some of those tools, some of the language, at least for you as a writer, to use internally. Don't expect whomever you're talking with, unless they're like at the Dramatica Writers Group, they're going to know anything about what you're talking about. Just talk to anybody here who's uh, that Stephen, uh, uh, Sandy, or, or Jim. Are consultants, you know, and you don't want to go in there with dramatica speak because they're like, huh? Um, you know, just the idea of having your main character not necessarily be the protagonist is a real big deal. And dramatica, it's like, okay, that's basics 101. But knowing that they're not the same, okay, fine. I got now. I understand what you're you're having trouble with. I can deal with. That. I can fix that. That's, so that's one one other reason why it's really helpful. And then when you're talking with other people who do know it, you can really talk about a very specific story element, story structure, either give or receive critiques and understand what the intent is, what they're what they're saying, as opposed to what you think they're saying, because you're not exactly sure if their definition of character is or motivation is the same as your definition of character or motivation. So uh, but but don't be daunted by the fact that there's just so much. Use what you know, even even just understanding that there are domains, the fourth through lines. If you don't know anything else, that alone is probably the best thing you could learn from Dramatica is the fact that there are these four four threads, these four perspectives, because it'll make your story much more rich than many many works of fiction. Um, and then the dynamics are also really useful, and you can have them in any combination you want, so that's <laughs> that's nice. You can't go wrong. So if we have a story, for example, that is not necessarily fitting naturally into the, car the um, categories that are corresponding to each other, for mm -hmm. example, like the patent development plan, and mm -hmm. let's say we had one of them that <coughs> seemed like it was just in a different category and mm -hmm. not the right one, does that mean that the story is not adhering to like a there's grand a argument, or, yeah, or that there's a hole in the story. Or? Well, okay. There's sort of two ways to answer that. Technically, yes, mm -hmm. but you don't. Most audience members aren't technical. Right. So the real answer is: is are you getting the right? Are you getting the proper reception from your audience? If okay. you are, does it feel right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. If you are, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, 
because there are so many different ways, so so many different things that audiences consider. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that this does not show, this chart does not show, is emphasis. Right. You might have, you know, this looks at them and says, and if we treat each through line and every aspect of each through line with exactly the same emphasis, mm-hmm. it should yeah. look like that. That's not how stories are played out. You know, very frequently, um, you know, you'll have a story like Hamlet. Well, hmm, which through line do you think they spend the most time with? Probably the main character. Mm-hmm. And it's true. If you just look at what's going on and how much screen time he has or how much, you know, stage time he's got, um, how many lines he has, he's got way more than anybody else. So we're so much more focused on that one domain. And so, you know, that's that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Another is, I'm interested in character, not so much interested in plot, and, you know, theme, yes, genre, no, or whatever. Sometimes those aspects that may, you might want to go in a different order in something or whatever, it might completely be irrelevant. It's right. just not going to. It's going to be lost in all the chatter. Okay. So, only sweat it if you start getting. Um, if you can't figure out what to do, yeah. you always have a place to go. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting feedback in that area, right. then you can always say, "What if I change this to? Oh, let's say this kind of thing." And they go, okay. "Oh yeah, that." Well, right. or they say, "No, that won't make a difference." Well, fine. But it gives you, it always gives you that alternative. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. don't, be, do not be a slave to Dramatica. Okay. That's but, yeah, but sometimes it's it's picking apart, you know, uh, because the story form consists of, and, and appreciation is matching up the 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 um, story structure point with one of the terms. Right. So, you know, so it's like, okay, so you're thinking, all right, and all the other uh, domains, it's understanding memories and developing a plan, but in the situation, it really feels like present uh, is the stronger yeah. thing here, but it could be that present, for instance, is your benchmark and not your concern. Okay. Like sometimes the concern is just kind of there, but then you know every now and then right. you'll see like the benchmark really, really takes over toward the end okay. and just feels much stronger than the concern, and uh, and so sometimes that's the case. It, it, so it doesn't necessarily mean your story is broken. Right. right. Sometimes it does mean your. Story. We had a script a couple of uh, uh, a couple of months ago from a very experienced filmmaker. But it just, it just, it just didn't land. It just, the, the, the thematics just were. By the time we got to it, it's just like, I don't get what the story is about in terms of what's its message. And once we started picking it apart, we realized, oh, okay, this is the this is the impact character and the influence character. Yeah. We know who the main character is, but once we understood who the impact character and we understood that the uh, the main character actually was a change character and not a steadfast character or should be. Uh, and and it, then once we started picking apart the pieces, we could put it back together again and understand. Oh yeah, that's what you're trying to do. That's the story you're trying to get at. And it was it was broken because the pieces were just you know yeah. disjointed. But we pulled it apart, put it back together again, and it's like okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Mm-hmm. Or at least it felt it felt better. Right. Um, to to you know to the group members to the audience. One, so basically, it can be a platform to help you understand this proficiently. Yes, that, and that's as again, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could always go back to the mechanics. Yeah. You know, to what it says. This is the perfect way to do it. Stories are imperfect. 
storytelling is even more imperfect. And then once you get the audience involved, you know, it's even if it's even less so. Yeah. So you've got a lot of latitude. Um, any other questions as far as this goes? Okay. Cool. Well, next month we have the uh, station agent, which is a really cute indie film. I think it was P Peter Dinklage's first major role, mm -hmm. and uh, I think also um, Bobby Cavanale, who's that was I think the first movie I remember him in, and I like and Trish Clarkson's in it too, and she's she's great. Um, and then the month after that, on in December, which if you guys can make is a is a load of fun. That's uh, where we basically create a story in class. So we have the software pick a story format random, and we use the gists, which are essentially these little phrases instead of having. Well, let me just show you. So the gists um, are as this thing. So, for instance, uh, I'm going to ask, pick, pick a number between 1 and 10. Uh, seven. <laughs> you know, nine times out of ten, if I say that, it's seven, I tell you. Uh -huh. uh, so, replace existing story form, assign random gists, and replace gists. Okay, so, what we would do is something like this. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So what I've done is I've just randomly picked the seventh story form. And essentially, you can see how, in, for the gists, oh. it's gone in, instead of situation, it was being stuck in, in someone's in-laws. Um, and then the concern is existing in the hereafter, being, being responsive to, to someone. The problem is reconsidering a marriage proposal. Right. So you can start to immediately see, oh, what this story is like. And our main character is pretending to be in a particular group, changing <laughs> someone a unique ability of committing oneself to the armed services <laughs> and a critical flaw of keeping, keeping a particular group's interests ahead of one's own interests. So, I mean, you could start to easily fill those things in, and that's what we do. We just sort of go round robin, one at a time. Each person, if they want, can pick a, pick a uh, story point to illustrate, and by the end of the evening, it's without fail, a really interesting story emerges, even though it seems like sort of mad-libbing, but it's all structurally sound, so it doesn't matter. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's a great way, if you ever get stuck or you just want to have an, have some ideas for a story, use this. It's, it's you know, you can just do, give yourself three minutes and boom, and then run through it and see if something you know, gets an idea, and then do another, you know, just just... Get through the habit of doing that, and this way you don't need to worry about what the the, the definitions of the terms are, because mm -hmm. it's sort of built baked into the the gists. Um, and you can actually add your own gists. So as you start to you know create more, just sort of pile, create your own uh, collections of gists, and then they'll they're in there. Um, so it's it's a it's a lot of fun. I was going to ask. Um, are you able to do this where you where you actually specifically lock in certain things and then do like the only the ones that aren't locked you can switch around and around and around and see the, how like basically the different uh, iterations? Yes. So for instance, let me clear the story form. Did you save it? <coughs> uh, 
Yeah, this is not the that we did. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so let's say let's say I um I go in here and um I normally most people start in the story guide. Overall story domain, and you can even choose to pick gists here if you want. So um, or randomly do it. But let's say I want to go in and I say, I, I have some story forming ones I want. I want it to be an activity domain, and I want the main character to be in, uh, in, in no, in fixed attitude. Okay, and then I want also the issue for the main character is going to be dealing with uh, denial. Can, I'm sorry, can you just say that one more time just so I can catch up? Sure. Uh, overall story, activity, main characters, uh, fixed attitude, main character issue, <clears throat> denial. And so within denial, there's 55 potential gists, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Right now. Right. Unless you add right. And, and so then if I went to my uh, brainstorming, I could say keep the existing story forming okay. choices. So yeah. the ones I, I've chosen... It's going to keep. But I'm going to just have it randomly assigned gist. And if I already assigned gists, I could say keep existing gists. But things that didn't exist, it would just play with all the other stuff. <coughs> so now, oh, and let's say I also want it to be a change, failure, good story. All right. And you have the little locks there, right? That those, right, those that's, still work. Do you need right? yeah, to they, lock they, them in order for that? No, for, oh, not, okay. not in the brainstorming. Not for brainstorming. Because by saying keep the existing story oh, farming okay. choices, it'll keep That's them. what it does. Okay. So if I spin, you'll see it's a it's going to be a chain steadfast. Right. Uh, All the ones that you've planted, are, they stay the same. And the only things that switch are. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you can you can play around with that. <laughs> but the nice thing, unlike other story story structure software is mm -hmm. it's not just randomly picking something there right. it's, it's randomly picking something within yeah. a certain framework mm -hmm. so that it's so it's all thematically coherent so story overall story domain fighting for independence concern getting a green card issue declining public morality versus self-interest I mean so you can immediately just sort of the stories just sort of oh I can see where this is going mm -hmm. um, sharing a and these to lead. some extent are, are are, I mean, considerably flexible, so you, I mean, there are a lot of potentials just within that as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are 12,000 sure. gists, and yeah. then you might find one that's close to what you want, then just create one that you want. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, it's not getting a green card, I want to, you know, getting, um, uh, I don't know, a social security card, or whatever, getting citizenship. So you go in and create one called getting citizenship. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the nice thing is that usually when I'm doing an analysis of something, first pass through I'll do the story form. And if it's going to be a really exhaustive analysis, I'll then do some illustrating. And then I go back in and I create the gists from the illustrations. Because the gist should have the, so the essence of the meaning of the structural item with the storytelling. So I sort of mix it together. And the reason that you want to do that is that then if you have reports, they start to sound a lot more reports. Oh, there we are. <coughs> Particularly this one called the the four through line themes. Mm. So I've just 
randomly spun this, and it says, in summary, the overall story through a line of your story explores the effects of fighting for independence, indicating that conflict exists because of an activity or endeavor. Most, if not all, of the parties involved are primarily concerned with getting a green card. You know, and the common goal in the story through line involves acquiring someone. In order for the protagonists and allies to achieve this goal, it requires engaging in illicit activities. This is accomplished in part by putting on a disguise. This is also done in spite of seemingly arbitrary conditions imposed on the effort in the form of improving a situation. Benefits are accrued on the way to acquiring someone in the form of having a crush. These counter the costs of finding a future husband for, from a particular group. The consequence of not accomplishing this goal is being transformed by a particular group. These consequences are foreshadowed by stuttering when ag agitated. So, I mean, you know, it's makes it it starts to sound much more like a story. And then, of course, if you've tailored it to your story, it'll read a lot more like a very canned but understandable essence of what the thematics are of your story. Right. The story guide, I generally suggest people use um, level one the first time through and make something up completely from scratch. Either just think of it, follow a, a use a, a fairy tale as inspiration, because at least you have some storytelling to sort of hang things on and sort of some characters and stuff. Um, or just make something up out of whole cloth. The reason is you'll be focusing less on the story and more on the process. <coughs> and and as you go through it, spend more no more than say three minutes on a topic. And if it's a fill in the blank and you don't have anything, leave it blank. If it's a multiple choice, pick something. Because <laughs> again, it's the process, not the. Because once you've gone through it, it makes it a lot easier to understand the kinds of questions it's going to ask. Even if you've gone through level three, which has like 257 questions or some ridiculously large number like that, which is frank, frankly spending more time writing about your story than actually writing it, um, that's not all the questions that are in here. There are a lot more than that. That's why I said don't let this, don't be a slave to this. You know, just use it as a tool. All right. Great. Thank cool. You. Well, I'm glad the three of you are, you know, yeah. got here. That's great. I'm glad to see new faces. New blood. <laughs> and two women. Three women. Well, yes, two new women. That's, this is a... Uh, Last time I checked, so... Well, four if we include uh, on the phone. Oh, yeah, and Enya. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, okay. We've no, we, we do need more. That's nice. We definitely need a lot more women. More diverse perspectives. Mars needs women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how big is this group usually? This is big. This is it. It it ranges from about four or five, and we've had it up to the room being full. Oh. This is on. Yeah, this is twenty-five. Yeah, we had just ridiculously large that one that two times, but usually it's about between. It's between four and six. Okay. It's your, and then whoever's online. Oh, that's cool. Um, There's four which, tonight. Hmm? There's four tonight. Oh, four online? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, this is actually, I guess, including people online, that's that's more than normal. Variety group, we usually have 
anywhere between six and ten. Yeah, six or eight usually. Okay. You know, so it's about the same. Um, although they tend to be slightly different people. <laughs> There's yeah. some who always come to the users group and not the writers group, and some who come to always come to the writers group and not the users group and then do crossovers. So next <laughs> month, next month, what I would like if you do come, um, think of a movie for next year. I'm going to take precedence for people that should show up here first, <laughs> and um, I do like to go for variety, but you know, so. You know, we usually try to do comedy, drama, romance, musical, just, you know, something classical, classic. Uh, we did horror because it's, we had to do a horror or science fiction because it's October. Um, Although we did Edge we of Tomorrow, we did Edge of Tomorrow earlier in the year. Right. That was a really good discussion. That is good. That was, I considered that an action adventure. An action mm -hmm. Action adventure. Action adventure. Oh, I thought it was a sci-fi. <laughs> it, it is sci-fi. It's awesome, yeah. I just have a a, a, a lot of a, action. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. So, um, what were you saying about foreign films? Oh, you know, I also make sure we do at least one foreign film. We did two oh. this year, but yeah, how did the brief encounter? Uh, yeah, it was um, it was not all there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. Do you do do you run through stuff and find that it's just not. It's not mm -hmm. fitting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I try not to make... We're so lately. Right. right. Princess Pride right now. What? Have we not done Princess Pride? Pride? No, we have not. Oh, wow. Well, oh, well hey. That's surprising. All right. Well, Consensus? Yeah, absolutely. I haven't matter. seen it You have to be here next month. I love mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. that won't huh? I don't think there's a story there. <laughs> we oh, will no. find out if it's on the list. <laughs> anyway, so... But it was nice meeting everyone. Good evening. Good night. Good to see you. One of the best movies I should be Sure. Yeah. Really best movie ever? One of the best. One of my favorite. Back when Rob Reiner made good films. I would say it's yeah. original. Yeah. Well, except it's based on a book, but yes. <laughs> no, the, the book is very original. It's even more so. There have been a couple films this year where the concerns don't line up, like what you're asking. Like what's oh, right. Not Frozen. And sometimes, you know, like, like for instance, Z was a foreign movie. Um, that was a political thriller, but it just it didn't. There wasn't enough there. There really was, yeah. There re really wasn't even much of a main character. But, yeah, uh, wow, yeah, especially with huge. especially with, uh, I wouldn't say foreign films, you know, but that that's something like specifically like Z, mm -hmm. in the way that it's done, well, seems as though its methodology is different. Yeah. Right. It's supposed to be more of a cinema verite, so it's yeah. documentary ish. It's not a documentary, but it's not. But it's just not I making know, a specific, myself, yeah. full like full what you call um, argument. It's argument. not making an argument. No, it's definitely making a lot of points. Right. They're very specific points, but they're not by design or not. They are not a cohesive set of points right, that yeah. make a single argument and a right. comprehensive, comprehensive but argument. But, but then we we did Frozen, and it's just like we we could not we could not light it up. It was just sort. Of, it was thematically. Just, or, or did we? We never did a right really? consensus on Frozen. Well, I think right? yeah. I think the Frozen is that there are a couple ways of reading the story, you know, <clears throat> because you have the sisters sort of thing going on, but then the love interest is a little more than just being there. But you know, we're so actually writing a, a script that we're having that exact issue with, where we have three main. Three characters, and we're not really sure who's so, fitting so as the influence. So, what you want to do with that? There are two, you have two choices. 
you either have you make it about one of the relationships and that the overall the whole story is about relationships um, which those tend to be okay but not as really successful as they might otherwise be or you have two stories and you can have and essentially you have two story two like almost two, story two dramatic projects oh, yeah. overlapping yeah. one another yeah and the thing that's is that's how we that's what we, we keep hitting we keep yeah, hitting no, wall, and yeah. the thing is you can have like uh, the Jerry Maguire is the big one is, is the one where you have oh really sure you've got the sports story and you've got the, the love story do you have that online uh, yeah we did it and you yes. broke it down twice essentially yeah, or, oh, yeah wow. we did it. and the thing is is that what's confusing about it is that Jerry Maguire is the main character in the sports story and the influence character in the uh, love story because right. Renee Zellweger right. is the main character right. he's a steadfast character in the sports story but a changed character in the in the right. love story so you've got him changing in one context and remaining steadfast in the other. Both of them as subjective characters. And, you know, you've got uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is the, is the influence character, a change influence character in the sports story. With regards to sports, right. And Renee Zellweger is the steadfast main character. And they even have completely different sets of, of characters. You've got the love story has the son and has all of her sister, her sister and all her sister's friends that are just part of that story and then Renee Zellweger is obviously and Jerry McGuire are also in the sports story um, Renee Zellweger is just essentially a secretary in that one I'm a, a sidekick uh, support character and uh, you've got all the sports agents and the sport and the, and the sports guys yeah everybody dealing with the sports stuff and the show me the money side of it mm -hmm. so but when you do that, it's going to be a longer work because you have a lot more you have to cover. Mm. Um, the other thing that made it a little more confusing is that the story forms, the dynamics are, 50% of them are the same in both. So it kind of makes it a little confusing as to which story are we talking about here? You always have to remember which story. You just, right, and it's just a matter of storytelling. And right. for the most part, it doesn't matter. Just make It just will make it longer. Mm. Now... The other thing is, is that they pretty much evenly balance those. They're they're two full stories. You can also do what I think Frozen was trying to do and sort of kind of did, but not really fully, is to have a main story and then a secondary story, where the relationship between her and uh, the guy. In, in Frozen was supposed to be basically a secondary story, but it wasn't treated that way because he's such a an important part of the overall story of, of the main story mm -hmm. that it was a little messy. Um, which is why at the end when you have him going to save the day and then he sort of stops and then it's suddenly just the two sisters. You're like, well, that's kind of a... Kind of leaves him out in the cold, literally. Um, you know, that was left that unresolved. Well, sure, because that story's not really been completed, so you know that the next one's going to probably be better. But, <coughs> um, or it's going to be about her sister, her older sister, well, who knows. But, but anyway, that's, that's, you can easily run into that problem if you have multiple stories going on and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Like Finding Nemo is a good example. Yeah, Finding Nemo is a great one because you have 
That's the a finding, story too. Yeah, you've got it's the Finding the Nemo story, oh, and then you I have see. Nemo in the fish tank story. And that each one of those are completely separate, and you spend you know almost equal time on them. And both those are online, like you. And the both of, and uh-huh. both of those have full double story. Yeah. No, no, breakdown. no. Breakdown. No, no, Finding no. Nemo is just is one. It's like a tiny bit. Yeah. Like you can show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 main story is is more fully developed. So the larger one is this main story, which is actually Finding Nemo. Which is the one look right. Actually right. looking for right. With Dory to the sub story. <coughs> This is the one with just sub story. Okay, so there's just a little bit of in there. So right, you don't, you don't have stuff down. Right, it's not right. It's not down to the it, no, exact specifics. It's right. right. It's the general it's arc. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right, they set up a main influence, and they kind of have you know, sort of like part of it's developed, but there's really no, I mean, there's really no earned change. There's a change, but you gotta get the fa- the idea that. They've sort of really sped things along, abbreviated it. And then the other option for three main characters, which you were talking about, the relationship. Yeah, in other words, you have you essentially have... And the other person's just kind of there. Right, it's the third wheel store kind of thing. It's right. what you have with... Um, uh, what's the one with... Well, that has multiple sub-stories. Well, if you're talking about stories that are about relationships... That's where, like, four yeah, weddings yeah. funeral, yeah. or something like that, where right. it's all about. Or, no, I was thinking of the one um, with Audrey Hepburn and the. Uh, oh, it's, it's the, her character's name. All About Eve? No, no, it's one Did, word. Um, uh, it's uh, not Tiffany's. Um, no, no, no. No, it's, she's, it's but Humphrey Bogart and she are supposed to have the. have be a relationship. It's like, really? Um, oh, yeah, we yeah. did that last year. No, a long time ago. Or two years ago? Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, I have it. It's one of the posters I've used forever. Sabrina. Oh, Sabrina. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the third, and, and uh, the other brother is the other, you know, is the third wheel. He's also into Sabrina. Oh. And don't, not, the new, not the modern one. The modern one mm-hmm. is doesn't work. Actually, I got a suggestion for a. Film to analyze. Has anyone has, have we done Skyfall? We haven't done Skyfall in the users group. Has no. anyone done Skyfall? There's a real interesting because of there's a real interesting triangle there. Oh, as the triangle. <laughs> well. there's a tri- there is an interesting triangle. I mean, there, there's there's yeah. a I at least in my uh, my analysis, there's a main and impact character, but there is a third wheel involved in that relationship. Well, there's another relationship that's really not fully explored. Yes. Yeah. Right. Anyway, well, I, 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 yeah, mother and two brothers. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. And so it's um, I, that not, third not wheel does unexplored. You're saying the mother and two brothers. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you've got a backstory essentially. Right, right. Yeah. There's a backstory that's a lot of it is is exposed during Skyfall, mm-hmm. and sort of like the last act of it is played as the basis for Skyfall. Right, yeah. It kind of goes back all the way to the to his house and everything. Well, yeah, but you don't really... I mean, you don't know much of anything about that. Right, yeah. You know, that's that's his backstory. But, yeah. I mean, the brother, meaning uh, uh, Javier, Javier Bardem, you know, uh, not son. literally a brother, but they're both products of mother, of M. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, and... 
No, there's he Javier Bardem even has the you and I are just alike. He says to to James Bond, and yeah. he's like, yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> yeah, but but the fact is, he I, he what he does is he even in in his own twisted way because he's evil, of course, but his own twisted way, he is he is giving more he he is giving expression to the relationship between Bond and M that is not being expressed because Bond is so like you know non-expressive and uh, and and M isn't that expressive either and so he in a way he is illuminating that relationship in, in his own you know uh, subversive way um, uh, and that's that's why I that's that's why I attribute him to be the third wheel who illuminates the nature of that relationship um, right so that's that's why I think that it, it would be but an I interesting don't, discussion yeah yeah. yeah. Except I think that I think that the Javier Bardem character sees himself as having that relationship with James Bond. Um, they they are similar because they both have that have a relationship, sort of the the good son and the prodigal son, I mean the, the, the prodigal son and the you know evil son um, with M. But it's it, it's it's a very dysfunctional family thing. Yeah. 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 But it, I, and, it doesn't, and, and whatever happened in Skyfall was, in the movie wasn't really explained per se. There was something. You mean in terms of the objective story? Yeah, and 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 Bond's past that seemed to tie this together somehow. You know. I think. I, I don't. Know. It's, I think uh, um, story form wise, it's. Um, I think it was a un- unique among among Bond films. Well, so, yeah. yeah, the newer ones have definitely a lot more going on story form, story wise. Period. <laughs> They're trying, <laughs> right? I mean, prior to that, really, the only one I think you could probably story form would have been Honor Majesty, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. No, uh, yeah, that was it. That's the only one that had an influence character. <laughs> the rest just had. I mean, so Princess Bride, we did Skyfall, Goldfinger, but that's just so lightweight. Huh? So far, those are not great choices. Mm. Not good story. Not right. good illustrations of strong story forms. Right. right. But a film that changes kind of story a little bit, like plot points, and also medium, kind of dramatic uh, throughout throughout the film, but somehow comes to do that. Which is what Congress with Robin Wright. Um, it right. never really hit the theaters. I think it was probably there for like a week or something like that. It's on uh, Amazon now, but it's called Congress, and it's 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 a newer film. I think it came out last year, 2014, <clears throat> I think, or 2015. I was vaguely familiar, but I didn't see it. I didn't never had an opportunity to see it. Yeah, I, I I I think people should check that one out. It's so different than. Anything, hmm. huh. um, and 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 it does somehow, you know, talking about stories that split, you know, somehow you, you follow this main character and character, but the entire journey that that it's it's almost as like as the world evolves or you know how technology um, evolves and stuff like that. I think the main through red is the fact that humanity doesn't change. You know the way we think, or what we do, or how we play with it. Mm-hmm. So, and it kind of uses different mediums to kind of explore, you know, that, that 
Yeah. I guess it would be considered a sci-fi, but some people animation category. Interesting. But it's not an animation. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. I, I would, I would <coughs> recommend checking it out so as a possible thing to study. Well, remember, I mean, for this particular purpose, the storytelling mm -hmm. is not nearly as, is really not as relevant. Um, I mean, storytelling is great, and I love different creative forms of storytelling, but often... We're saying very, structure, right? Right, yeah, very often the... That, you get a lot of... About. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm curious because of how the structure... Especially, like, how how everything can still stay glued together it's, uh, that makes a story work. That would, I would be interested to study, like, dramatic, what dramatic is it, too. Okay. It I have, yeah, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not familiar with it at all. It. Yeah. Okay. Well, that will be a discussion for next month. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that, I want to do that once we've uh, done the station agent. Cause, which, that will be a little bit of a challenge because it is a three-person movie. Uh, mm -hmm. It has a number of relationships going on. But one seems to be principal. And that's it. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Wright Brothers, creators of software for writers since 1982. Visit us at www.screenplay.com and www.dramatica.com.